Amen. Please join me in today's scripture reading coming from Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And it reads, Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have do this and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell amongst robbers. And they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, who was on a journey, came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put, on, put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell in the robber's hands? And he said, The one who showed mercy towards him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do the same. As Pastor Elaine and I were in the office last week, we looked at the, the schedule of series and we find we, we, we had a ser two series that overlapped each other. One was how to live and one was holy waiting. So we determined that I could choose which one I wanted to do. But you know, I decided that instead of choosing, I just do both. Both kind of stood out to me for various reasons. So today I'd like to talk to you for a few moments about how to live while you wait. Let us, most gracious God, Lord, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for another opportunity to stand. God, I, I pray that you would speak to your people, that you would speak to our very hearts, that, that our lives would be forever changed, that God that you would help us to be the men, the women, the boys and girls that you've called us to be in this time, in this season, and in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. This Sunday is a, the Sunday before we celebrate Pentecost. It is a Sunday between Jesus' ascension and the descension of, or the descending of the Holy Spirit. There is a power all its own. Jesus has lived here on earth he, has, uh, he, he came as a babe and matriculated through the normal uh, evolutions of life. He has served, trained, and worked in ministry. He has trained others to do the same. He has been tested. He has been tried. Ultimately, he was crucified for crimes not his own. He was placed in a borrowed tomb. 
His disciples have at that time wondered what is next to do. The women went to dress the dead body of Jesus but found the tomb empty. And by word of angels, they also found the prophecies of all fulfilled. And the disciples wondered what is next to do. And the resurrected Christ appears to them and continues to teach and to comfort. And he, and then he, Jesus, says, the Holy Spirit will fall on you not long from now and will give you power. And the disciples wondered, what is next to do? Maybe you have already noticed that after each speech, the disciples wondered, what is next to do? And as disciples of Christ today, I think it's fitting that this is also our question in, 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 oftentimes in our lives, what is next to do? When our world seems to turn on its side, we often ask, what is next to do? When our normal is abnormal and our abnormal becomes normal, we ask, what is next to do? When those we love hurt us, we ask, what is next to do when sickness invades our family we ask what is next to do when we just don't seem to understand anything we ask oh god what is next to do the answer to this question in all of those situations is to have faith in the god whom we know to be the answer and to have compassion on those that don't yet know our answer and, and to introduce as many as we can to the answer. The songwriter says it this way. He acts it this way. He says, do you know him? Do you know the Lord? Next week, we will talk more about the Holy Spirit of God leading and guiding us. But on today, I'd like to talk to you about how to live while we yet wait. I believe we all recognize that waiting does not mean to be idle. There is work to do while we wait. In scriptures, we find that Noah waited on the rain while We find that Joseph waited in prison while working in excellence unto the Lord. We find even the disciples in, in acting a, a new member of the twelve and which to be a work. We, we even find Jesus waiting in the garden while praying, and we know praying and worship is considered a work. We, we even find in the scriptures that love is patient and active at the same time. The scriptures talk a lot about farming and seed time and harvest, but even the farmer waits on their harvest by working. They order supplies, they check their equipment, they maintain and protect their crops. So we are called to live while we wait, to work in our gifting, in our calling, and to prepare for the promise of his return. Jesus tells us to work while we wait. He tells us to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our, with all of our strength, and with all of our mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That portion of scriptures tells us to love God with all that we are. That seems to be the easy part. 
It's easy to love God, a God that provides for you. It's easy to love a God that comes to your aid. It's easy to love a God that protects you on every side. A God that gave his only son for us. A son who gave his life for us. The spirit of God who comforts us. Oh, but that neighbor part. The neighbor part, that is the rub. And it's the rub or the harder thing to do because we forget that loving our neighbor is loving God. In a previous verse in this chapter, Jesus pulls a child out of the crowd and sets it beside him and says, whomever receives this child receives me, and whoever receives me receives the But just as the lawyer in this pericope or, or portion of scripture asks, he often asks, but who is my neighbor? In other words, who is it that I'm supposed to love exactly? What if they don't look like me? What, what, what if they don't have my education? What if they aren't from the side of the tracks that I'm from? What if they don't believe like me? What if they don't act like me? What if they don't run in my circle of influence? I, I mean, what if they, they are those people? me about? What if it are those people that daddy told me to stay away from? What if they remind me of someone that hurt me? What if they are related to someone that I have bad blood with? What if they are a member of a family that my family has never gotten along with? Jesus, what if I just don't like them? And Jesus says, a man was from Jerusalem. <laughs> it's funny how in this time he went directly to a parable where he talks to them about a man that went from Jerusalem, fell amongst robbers, was stripped, beaten, and left for dead. The priest passed him by, the Levite passed him by, but the Samaritan who was on the journey came to him, saw him, felt compassion, bandaged his wounds, poured oil and wine in them, put him on his brought him to safety, uh, uh, spit him, gave the innkeeper uh, a promise that said, if you spend more, I'll pay that too. In this scripture story, we know a few things. We know that, Jesus, that Jews and Samaritans didn't like each other. They have history. I, I, I'm going to be like Pastor Elaine was last week. I'm not going to go real deep into that, but they have history. We know that, G, that Jews, uh, that because Jesus didn't distinguish the man, it meant that it could be anyone that followed him. We know that the priests and the Levites were followers of the way and served in ministry. Amen. We know those things. So this man, this Jew, is a, a long, windy road and is beaten up and robbed. That's not unusual at this time for that area. There, there's no real shock value there. He is wounded and alone. And he sees a priest coming down the road. And down the road indicates that he was also coming from Jerusalem. No doubt, I, I believe that he thought, thank God, my brother, an ally, a man of God, I am saved. But the priest passed by, leaving him to die. Then he saw a Levite, and I imagine he thought, my God, all hope is not 
a man of God, the descendant, a descendant of the tribe of Levi, but the Levite also passed by, leaving him for dead. I imagine him laying there thinking, wow, they are my brothers, my family. How could they just leave me here like this? I want in this moment to ask how many of us have ever felt that way or said that statement, I won't go there today. But then he saw a Samaritan coming from the other side of the tracks and probably thought, well, I've lived a good life up till now. Surely things are about to get worse. You see, Samaritans and Jews, we don't like each other. <laughs> he, he was going off a taught societal norm. But this certain man was in for the surprise of his life. The Samaritan had compassion on him, bandaged his wounds, gave of his provision, brought him to safety, gave up two days of his wages to pay for that place of safety and made sure that this certain man was cared for until he recovered. The Samaritan, mind you, had no reason to do all this. He had probably been taught to hate Jews. He had probably been mistreated by Jews, talked about, and even probably accosted a time or two by Jews. But what was in his heart became his actions. The story went against everything the lawyer knew but fed into what the lawyer but but fed into what the law taught. In the beginning he justify himself, but this parable by Jesus teaches us and him that the real goal should not be to justify self but to glorify God. And he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he asked the lawyer, which these is your neighbor? The lawyer reluctantly says, the one who showed mercy. You see, the lawyer didn't want to have to love those he didn't like. But Jesus said, let me help you. Let's expand your neighborhood. And that is our call today. We are called to expand our concept of neighbor and expand our overall neighborhood while we wait. While we wait, we are commanded to love our God with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our very being while we are and, uh, waiting. We are commanded to love our neighbor as ourselves while we are waiting. We are called to live a life as unto God and in excellence while we are waiting. We are called to go ye therefore making disciples of all nations, of all people groups, baptizing them Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, while we are waiting, we are called to be good neighbors to all those God places in our lives and bring as many possible into the knowledge of the saving grace of God. While we are waiting, we are called to expand our neighborhood. In this day and time, people of God, we have work to do. When men and women are being judged by the color of their skin and not the content of their hearts, we have work to do. When women are objectified by their social economic status, we have work to do. When delivery drivers are held up in neighborhoods, people think they belong there, we have work to do. When dads are shot in front of their kids uh, at a traffic stop, we have work 
to do when kids are shot while jogging through neighborhoods. We have work to do are bombed by racist comments. We have work to do while residents are still being judged by the top. We have work to do. There are several social norms that are taught in today's society that simply need to be deconstructed. Hate is taught. There is hate that is taught that needs to be combated by love. We need to go beyond our circles, outside of our comfort zones to show compassion, be gracious, be generous, be merciful, and show Christ in our very life. One once said, to have a good neighbor, you must first be a good neighbor. Part of that is to act in places of injustice with love. Part of that is to come to the aid of those in need, whether they may be in your circle or not. Part of that is not ignoring those that are hurting because they uh, are not in our family or not in our people group or not in, in, in the way that we believe. Part of that is simply living the life as God has called us to do. We can no longer ignore to ignore the hurting. We can no longer pass by those that are suffering injustice and silence. We can no longer claim to be people of the way and not love. Jesus is our example of how we are to live while we wait. He is our example of how we are to love while we wait. Jesus is our example of how to be neighborly and how to expand the reach of the kingdom. He showed compassion chance he got. He loved everyone that, that he encountered. He, he, uh, he showed grace. He showed mercy. And when he, he went out to people of all walks of life. And today, he said to the lawyer in the end of our scripture passage, I also you. People of God, go and do likewise. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.